I titled this Assignment. This is called Assignment. Now, I'm going to try, this is, this is a challenge, but I'm going to try to share with us so that we can look at things through God's perspective. Like have God lens as we look at things, okay? And, and particularly, why He created us. Why, why are we here? That big question. Why am I here? Okay? What's my purpose in this realm? We're at this earthly realm because there's a supernatural realm, okay? But we're here. You're looking at me. I'm looking at you. We're here, okay? And I believe it's beneficial to remind ourselves um, what the objective is, or in other words, like I said, why am I here? You know, each of us, why, why am I here? I often think that um, many times we're trying to find our place in this world, and honestly, we get confused, or um, we're frustrated about what to do. How can, I, how can I have an impact? I don't feel like I can do anything about what's going on. And I think a significant reason we get confused or frustrated is because too often when this happens, we focus on the self. Okay, we focus on ourselves. And you know what? You're never going to find out what your role is or what your purpose is if you process things through that way. Only about the self. But I believe we can find our purpose. We can find out our destiny if we are willing to focus on the big picture itself and then zero on in that part you're going to play in the big picture. Okay? The Word of God is laced with this ongoing struggle or battle, if you will, between good and evil. And it's revealed or shared uh, through multiple individuals, through multiple families, through multiple people groups, or we could call them nations. All right? This battle, I think, can be simplified and described as having two separate seeds where some grow up to be wheat some grow up to be tares. Mankind has always been challenged to properly understand this battle we're up against. And please understand, we're in a battle. You know, I, I said this yesterday, and I'm a, I'm a retired military guy, so, you know, I kind of use a lot of uh, military kind of axiom and thinking. I was a farm kid, so, you know, uh, I, I look at things through those experiences like all of us do, so hopefully you'll be able to relate to what I'm saying. But I, wanna, I said yesterday, and I, I mean this, when we're born again, it's like we're parachuted in like a paratrooper in World War II into Bastogne, and we're surrounded by the enemy. That's, how, that's really what it is. That's, I mean, we, we might not think of it because really what happens when we're born again, we get all excited because, oh my gosh, all of this stuff I've done, I am now free, I'm saved because of me being a knucklehead. Right? But little do we realize that maybe when we get up on our knees after that moment and having that just emotional experience and thanking God for what He did for us, that we're in a battle. Now we're in a battle, okay? And here's the deal. The battle is a not against other people. I mean, so many of us say the battle's against other people. No. Ugh, it's not. See, it's really, I think the battle comes down to a battle for ideologies and ideas. 
And I contend that it's not too late. And I'm hoping we can understand the position we are going to have to take to properly embrace this battle so we can do the Father's will and advance His kingdom and not surrender or give up because things seem so bad. See, that's the big picture kind of thing that we so easily tend to forget because we get focused on the self and our issues. This needs to be said over and over. And, and you know, if you, if you know what, how Jesus taught, he would go around and he would teach the same things. He'd repeat himself. Isn't it interesting that after the resurrected Messiah is seen by 500 people, yet only 120 obeyed and went to that room? Think about that. These are people, just like us, that are needing help, needing miracles, needing healings. They get them. They watch them. They're seeing them by their friends, their neighbors, maybe themselves. And yet, the resurrected Christ, the Bible says 500 people see him resurrected, and I'm wondering why did only 120 obey? Right? Isn't that in the Word? How many were there in Jerusalem on that Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost, as we call it? Only 120. I tell you, boy, people are stubborn. Mm. And I believe Jesus taught that way, and, and I think a lot of preachers that are gifted, the, they teach that way. That you might go, man, I heard them say that already. Because you know what? We're so stubborn, it's hard to get that stuff in here. And that's so, so he, he repeated things, all right? So, you know, I titled this assignment, so some of you may be going, well, gosh, I'm wondering what my assignment is, and you know what? That's a really good question. That's a really good place to start. The assignment, okay, from the very beginning was God wanted his creation, mankind, to change the sphere of heaven in this new creation called earth. He brought heaven to earth, did he not? Right? In the book of Genesis, it's revealed, but many times the things of God seem so distant. They seem unclear to us. They seem kind of confusing. Maybe not as obvious as we need them to be. So another time, so that's how it started up. Now there's other, we, we saw after the initial in, uh, instructions given to Adam and Eve in the garden, Noah, but, and, and the instructions given again. But I want to go jump forward a little bit past Noah to a guy named Moses. When God gives the instructions again, gives this guidance, you can go ahead and get Exodus chapter 19 verses 3 and 6 up on the screen if you can. But here's, some, here's the assignment again. This is the, he, God's going to tell the assignment to mankind. He's going to explain it to Moses, and then Moses is supposed to tell the people, okay? Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version. I think the King James will probably be on your screen or whatever version you have. And you're going to hear this multiple times today, but I'm a big proponent of encouraging you to read your Word of God. Listen, I don't, I, I'm not, I have no offense to Pastor John or anybody, myself. I don't, I don't want you to do exactly what I say. I want you to get in the Word and believe it for yourself. I want you to actually look at the things you hear from the pulpit and make sure you understand them. Don't just blindly go, oh, I'm going to do that. Get in the Word. Be like a Berean. Go check the Scriptures for yourself. Verify it, learn it, live it, be it. Okay? So here we go. Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. 
And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, this is God speaking now, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. All right. Right here in this discourse, right, that we got God speaking here. God's telling Mo, he's going, Moses, he's going, hey, that all the earth, he's reminding him, all the earth is mine. It's all mine. And I'm cho- choosing the Hebrew people to be a special treasured people to reveal God's glory and goodness to all the surrounding people groups. And then once they see how you're blessed, they're going to be drawn to you. Okay, that's really what's going on. So the assignment of the Hebrews is to show the goodness and glory of God to the world by the way they live. Now you may be going, okay, well, I'm not a a Jew. I'm a Christian. Here's the deal. You're grafted into the tree. That's the foundation. You're grafted in. I'm grafted in. If you're Jewish, then praise the Lord. You're, You're a Messianic Jew. Hallelujah. But here's the deal. We're all the people of God Okay? If we believed in the Son. So here's the deal, right? So that's the assignment. And in this, as this discourse continues, God reveals to Moses what their assignment will be going forward. All right? So here's, here's where we are. You're wondering, like, what's my assignment? Here it is. You, Exodus 19.6, here it is again. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to tell the people of Jesus. So, 1 Peter 2.9. You're a royal priesthood. This is the same thing in the New Testament, which is a new covenant with better promises. Quick recap. What does God want? He wants a whole kingdom made up of followers that would invade the spheres of earth. That's where we're at. And display God, display heaven to those who don't know God or don't acknowledge God. You still confused about what your assignment is? Right? This is no different. This is no different than what initially was shared in Genesis in the beginning with Adam and Eve. This is what God instructed them to do. Okay? Adam and Eve were to rule and reign on the earth all as God's representative. They were the stewards of God's stuff. I heard your pastor this morning talk about, hey, you know, I'm going to like... Sw- tweak a little word we're going to receive we don't take you want to know what because take implies ownership we don't own jack we don't we're stewards of it all because he trusts us he blesses us because we're going to be good stewards of it if we imply we're owners you're on the wrong path you need to repent that's why we don't take nothing because it ain't ours to begin with We bring an offering, we receive it, who willingly wants to give. And God's watching us. He just watches us. He's just watching, oh, you don't want to give? Okay, you don't have a faith there, brother. I get it. I get it. I've been there. That money thing is a tough one. Giving, I don't have to give. Oh, you can't afford not to give. That's the deal. Okay, because we're stewards, we're not owners. Right? Now, okay, so we were just in Exodus. 
Now, are you aware that many years later, centuries later, we hear the exact same dialogue from Yeshua, from Jesus? Over and over, he's sharing this. And then when he departs this realm, right, when he ascends, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28, you can put Matthew 28, 18 through 20 on the screen, please. Here's what he says. Here's his instructions as he's ascending. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay. So, in the beginning, in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, the spheres of heaven were colliding with the spheres of earth and the kingdom of God was established on earth. The two distinct realms, heaven and, and earth, were intersecting, if you will, on this location that we are told is called the Garden of Eden. Okay? Right? Now, the first Adam messed it up. Messed it up. And all of us, <laughs> since we come from that seed, are included in that mess up. Okay, that's the deal. I didn't make the rules. This is how God says it. Just so we're aware. So, you know, that's why we have to be born twice. You're born once in the natural, then you're born in the supernatural, born again. Okay, just so quick. So if anybody's here or you're watching and you've not been born again, hey, hallelujah, you have an opportunity right now. Be born again. Hey, believe in Jesus Christ. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And boom, bingo, bango, bongo, you're born again. And then the real work begins because that's just the beginning. Oh, man. Woo, hallelujah, though. That's the deal, right? So, then we read in, in Moses there that God chose the Hebrews. Then we're introduced to this Hebrew gang. And he chooses those people. They were a small group. Okay? He chooses them. All right? That's those instructions in Exodus we just heard. But guess what? They messed it up too. Man. So God in his love, compassion, mercy, forgiveness comes in the flesh. Yeshua. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. And he's going to lead us and show us how to tackle this assignment we have been messing up time after time. Folks, I'm cutting, I'm cutting right to the punchline right now. God wants you to take the territory of this earth, this sphere, this realm, that you have a desire to penetrate amongst the very demonic kingdoms that are here on this earth. That's you. That's your assignment. When we look at the Scriptures, through that type of lens, remember, I'm doing this today from God's, this is from God's perspective, okay? When you look at things through that lens, you will notice the Scriptures are loaded with these stories about real people being tasked with living out, battling the demonic in multiple areas of the earthly sphere. One dramatic example that the land God gave the Hebrews was theirs regardless of obstacles that they could see. And those obstacles were giants and these really tall, thick walls. That's what the ten other spies, those that didn't believe by faith, were like, hey man, we're grasshoppers, dudes. We can't do it. Joshua or Caleb are like, where's your faith, bro? 
Where's your faith? Didn't, you, didn't, didn't we all get excited? Like, like when we're doing worship music up here and we're, woohoo! come on now, where's our faith when we're going to go out those doors and you're going to be attacked, you're going to be attacked, you're going to be attacked. Get it through your head. You're going to be attacked. Dad goes, no, that's my kid, and my kid can do it. Mm. See, that's how we got to look at things, but many times we get, oh, no, you got to stroke me. I don't feel good today. And then you want to know why, why you don't get handed the keys to the car. Because you're not able to. You haven't shown me that you can in little things. Why would I give you more responsibility if you can't handle the little things? You guys are parents. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you can remember when you were a teenager. You are like, I want that car, Dad. And he's like, nope. Nope. You don't give an eight-year-old a key to the car, do you? No, you got to show them. They got to show you so that they can do some things because with that comes what? Accountability and responsibility. I remember our three kids, oh boy, they want to get a car. Dad goes, yeah, no problem. Here's the, here's the rules in this house. First, you get a job. You show me you can get a job. You start raising money, we'll help you. We'll help you some, but you got to show me you know how to steward your money. And guess what? 10% of that money every, every week goes to somebody else. It ain't go to you. Okay, number two was, oh, you're going to get a car? You're paying for the insurance. Because you're going to be accountable and responsible. You want to be treated like an adult, then you're going to have to act like an adult. So you get in an accident, boom, you're going to pay that deductible because dad ain't. You want to get crazy when you're driving? Well, then you're going to pay for it. And you're going to put the gas in the car. That's the rules in my house because I want to train up adults. I don't want to keep them kids. Telling you, that's the way I was brought up. I don't know about you, but that's the way I was brought up. And I thanked, I didn't like it when I was going through it, but boy, did I thank my parents soon after. It was after I was 22 and I went through the Navy and I, got, I was an officer and I got back and I go to my parents and I'm like, hey, mom and dad, I need to apologize for you. They laughed at me because I was the fourth of five kids. They go, oh, we already went through this. You're good. But that's the deal. That's the deal, Okay. So here we are today, and we are the priests. We are the royal priesthood of the Most High God. And I suspect many of us don't look at ourselves that way. But it's true if you honestly believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we too will contend with giants in fortified high places, but nevertheless, we must engage in the battle of ideas and ideologies and establish God's kingdom in those dark places. This assignment Jesus left us with is to preach the gospel of the kingdom to reshape society. That's the thing Pastor Candace was just up here talking about, like we want to get involved in this prayer life. Why? Because unfortunately, too many of us have sat on our hands while they've done this to our culture. And then we kind of look around going, well, you going to do something? You going to do something? Who's going to go, oh God, send me? This is the deal. This is the deal, right? If you've been paying attention to current events, we have a golden, I mean, I look at, this is a golden opportunity and a target-rich environment. Why? Because the fields are ripe and ready for harvest because so many are lost, confused, and afraid. This is what I know all of us, man, I can't wait. Wait for what? It's here. It was here before this thing happened a few weeks ago. I'm telling you, it's been here. It's here. It's here. It's ready. The harvest is ripe. 
And just like the ten spies that came back with Joshua and Caleb, they looked at the assignment with fear. Oh, right? Trembling while Joshua and Caleb looked at an assignment by faith and said, my God can. I know it doesn't look like it, but we're going to obey and watch God work. Mm. Folks, Jesus didn't die for nothing. He died so we could fulfill the assignment he gave us as he ascended. Now, the five-fold ministry, in my opinion, has sadly not effectively relayed this message. Now, <clears throat> I want to sh- just quickly share the five-fold ministry, and I use the hand to do it. I don't know if you've ever seen this, and if you have, bear with me, but it's a good reminder, and it helps understand the five-fold ministry. The apostle is the thumb. It's the strongest. It can touch the other four. Okay, it's the thumb. The index finger is the prophet. The prophet points the way, Okay? This finger, the middle finger, is the longest, and it and it's, extends the farthest. It's the evangelist, okay? But in its extension, because it goes out the farthest, it can be in danger, so it has to be sandwiched between the prophet and this one. This one, the ring finger, is the pastor, the shepherd, right? The, he's married, married to the local assembly. And also, this finger is the most sensitive finger, Just remember that when you're getting a little upset with your pastor. This one right here, the little finger, the pinky, is the teaching gift because it's the only one that can fit in your ear. See, the teaching gift is so vital because if you teach wrong, what you receive is wrong. If you teach right, you'll receive right. Okay, it's very important, okay? And, and so I, right now, I'm using my teaching gift. This is a gift God's given me. This isn't me. This is God has used me. If you all knew me like this woman knew me when she met me, I couldn't get in front and talk of four and five people that were friends of mine because I was so nervous to talk. This is all God, man. This knucklehead you see is all God. Because you know what? I don't care what you think about me. I only care about what he thinks about me. And when, I, when that happened, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm like, whoa, oh my gosh, I have no problem getting in front of people. I don't, you know, I don't have to do anything like think that you're all naked or anything. Or in the, I don't have to do any of that stuff that I've heard speakers say. I just go, I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. Hallelujah. And follow Him and be an example of what He wants us to understand. Right? Wisdom with understanding. Oh gosh, Lord, I pray that the people have wisdom with understanding today. Because mm. we've got to renew our minds to all this. Got to renew our minds. See, for, for those of you who faithfully read your Bible, let me suggest to you that in, you'll find in every part of the Bible, in every part of the Scriptures, we see a remnant people who go into an opposing culture. And somehow, because of the grace of God, the favor of God, that kind of wraps itself around that person or that group, this assignment that God gave them, these people were able to display and establish a testimony for the superiority of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? Folks, only God can bring a dead culture back to life. Cultural resurrections, cultural revivals are made possible when people are resurrected and revived and then apply their new faith to all of life. Because, here's the deal again, reminder, we're sinners, 
Romans 3, 2, 3, all of us are sinners. We're all sinners, okay? We can't make, and because, because of that, we can't make a proper evaluation of how we're to live in the world until we have a new heart that guides a renewed mind. You need to have a circumcised heart with, and then a renewed mind, okay? And it's then and only then that God's word begins to make sense to us. That's why my favorite scripture is Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense to you. I know that. I remember. I was doing something like, oh, what, what? this doesn't make sense. Baptist, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop doing that, 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 that. Don't do that. I mean, come on now. Come on now, because I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. See, this applies to the individual first and then people like that so that we can get united. Oh, they want to divide us. Boy, do they want it. The devil, demonic, the Satan wants to divide us. No, we got to be united. When we're united, nothing, nothing, nothing will divide us. We got to be united. Mm. Let me give us some examples of what I'm talking about. In Egypt, during Joseph's life. Babylon, during Daniel's life. Persia, during Esther's life. And then the first church, the first Christians in the Roman Empire. Right? When, when the Christian's birth was birth, the church was birth, Acts chapter 2. Okay? Every one of those scenarios, you will find God's people living in worldly kingdoms or pagan cultures. Egypt, Babylon, Persia, Rome. So what I, how, I, how I see this, I think God delights to establish a testimony of the superiority of his kingdom demonstrated through a superior people living deep in a pagan culture throughout history. I mean, I, I mean, let me, I, are you smelling what I'm cooking? Are you smelling what I'm cooking? Okay, let me go further. Are you tasting what I'm chewing? Mm, come on now. Come on now. I hope this is a good meal. I know it's getting close to lunchtime, but man, eat on this word. Eat on this word. See, what's so frustrating and infuriating to me is that this current Western culture, and I've, listen, I've been around a lot of the globe. I've seen a lot of different things, and I'm telling you, this Western culture, which we're a part of, that's so into education, into teaching, Christians have the opportunity like never before, in my opinion, to display the real science of achievement. And since, sadly, we have been so indoctrinated with wrong ideologies, we expect it to come out of the great institutions of learning like Oxford, Harvard, and MIT. We do. We just, we're just so used to that. That's just what, oh, gotta, that's the goal. But according to God, it is going to come out of those men and women that are anointed to take their place in the spheres of culture. We each need to figure out what area of the culture we're to infiltrate or penetrate and display. Have you been blessed by the Glory Road experience? 
Dr. Candice would love to be able to connect with you, as she does with all of her covenant partners in a special way. This covenant connection is called the Glory Road Community. By joining this connection group, you will be able to be empowered, enlightened, and spiritually coached.